welcome to today's episode of Jazz Beats, your number one podcast for jazz news and entertainment. Here are your hosts, Jackson and Tyson. Jazz Beats. You're listening to Jazz Beats, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. It's off season, but it's still pretty exciting. It's, it's the jazz is off season, but I'm, yeah. st- I'm watching as much NBA as I usually do, so... The Celtics and Warriors series has been exciting. Been, it's been a lot good. of fun. Game yeah. six coming up soon, but um, we got some some jazz news to talk about. Yeah, um, hot Breaky. off the press, right? <laughs> I don't even know if people know this yet. <laughs> um, we're actually um, on site. We're away from our regular venue right now, recording, correct. and correct. so it's kind of exciting. If you hear a little background noise, that's just the the hustle and bustle of the everyday here at Fizz Drinks in Richfield, Utah. Fizz Drinks. We're actually here sitting with the uh, owners of Fizz Drinks now. They're just, you know, in, inputting a lot of good energy vibes. But You know, we do have a third microphone set up, so if he's, his eyes are raised right now, if you're interested, come on <laughs> over because... We we got stuff for you. Yeah, there's there's. Oh, no oh he's in. You can you can go grab it right there and there set yourself no up. There is no shame here. We are <laughs> off the cuff, all good to go. If you haven't tried Fizz, hit it up. I mean, they're not our main sponsor. Don't worry, everybody. We're still loyal, but uh, <laughs> you know they're 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 always trying to creep in there. If you know what I mean. Um, in Jazz Nation, Coach Quinn has now stepped down. Ha- yeah, yeah. Is that is that the right well, terminology? There's different there's different discussions on that. There's some who say that he was forced out, but there's it's just a public statement to say that he stepped away just so it looks better on his resume, kind of like a hey, we're forcing you out, but we're going to give you the opportunity. You, you think that's what it was? I, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there who are strong on that opinion. What are your thoughts? Because that was a pretty adamant of Ainge and um, owner Ryan Smith saying we wanted Quint. Right. We wanted him to stay. Like we we did everything we could. This is kind of on him. So I, I do think that his and, and here's why I believe Quinn's was leaving to leave uh, on his own on his own choice because his reasoning was it was just time for me to go. And I agree with that. It was bloody time for him to go. Uh, and not that it was a bad thing. I love Quinn. I'd bring him back any day. But uh, he's right. It was time for him to go. And I, I'm excited about the new direction. So, so remind us all what he actually said in his statement or in that press conference. Why, why, why is he leaving? The Jazz have been the best offensive team in the last couple of years, the best defensive team but a little before that, first seed in the playoffs last year. Like, it seems like a good spot. We've gone through some, some issues, but it seems like it, it's a good situation to be in. What's his deal? Well, well, first he did mention just the timing and the situation between uh, – the Utah Jazz Association and him. But he also dropped the family line and mentioned that he wanted to be with his daughters during Halloween of next year. So right. that's, it's, that's an easy out for any coach. But, uh, yeah, we'll see who it brings in. And, and speaking of bringing in, we've got a new guest here. Uh, why don't you pop on the microphone, make sure everybody can hear you, and introduce yourself. Hey, can you guys uh, hear me okay? Yeah, we're yeah, loud and clear. Baby, that, that's the go. voice we've been missing right there. Oh, that's, that's radio voice. Slow and sexy. That's right, the radio <laughs> voice hero. Radio <laughs> fizz. <laughs> glad to be here. No, uh, yeah, uh, Andrew Chappell. Uh, glad to be uh, supporting the podcast here, guys. Uh, first time, long time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to, to jumping in here. Are you a jazz fan? I am a jazz fan. I uh, your, your qualifications are met. That's it. That, that, that's, that's all we all need. need. I, I'm not and done vetting him. Okay? And that's even uh, kind of a soft line too. We don't even need that necessarily. Uh, I did live in the Bay Area for the past six years, and uh, so my jazz fandom was tested. 
Oh, okay. But uh, came out the other side, loyal, strong, <laughs> you know, uh, forged in the fire of, of Warriors fandom. So if, if Utah didn't have a team and you grew up in your situation here in uh, the metropolis of Ridgefield mm. and then moved to the Bay Area and then your, whatever your situation, I'm just giving out all of your personal information, um, in your, would you come back a Warriors fan if there wasn't a team in Utah at all? So, interestingly, that's, that's a hard hypothetical. I, I did come back. The, the whole time I was out there, I fought the Warriors fandom, good friends, long-time long, uh, long Warriors fans, and I fought it and fought it and fought it until, I don't know if it's the contrary in me, but I've come back and, you know, I'm, I have a little bit of a soft spot for the Warriors, and so I guess the answer to your hypothetical would be yes, because even with the Jazz fandom, I've come back and maybe I'm not a... Warriors hater like I used to be. Amen. Dude, I like that. So with all this news about Quinn stepping down, um, in, in your mind, what's what's the reason? What's he? I feel like he's missing out on a, on a good thing still. Okay, so <laughs> I, I have some thoughts here and uh, a couple things. I, I think that the offense has been different, and I, obviously I'm no expert. I'm not hosting a jazz podcast. I'm you know, on Twitter and, and listening to listening to the podcasts, not uh, uh, talking on them. But I would say anybody who watches the Jazz can see that the offense has changed in the past two years. We went from having a blender offense where lots of ball movement that was beautiful to watch but maybe didn't quite have the talent it needed or that Quinn uh, could leverage to make it happen to having a incredible offensive talent in Donovan Mitchell and then having a whole offensive scheme, it seemed, focused around him. And it seemed contrary to maybe what Quinn would have originally wanted to do in his, you know, offensive mind. And uh, I think that that's been – I think that perhaps Quinn, at the end of this, these tough playoff losses, having the best – you know, at one point, the best defensive team in the league, and then having the best offensive team in the league saying, look, I don't know what else I can do here, but um, it's, it's not going to be my, – my way of doing things with this as presently constituted is not going to be what it's going to take to win the championship, and so I think he bowed out. That's interesting. So, so cutting his losses, licking his wounds, and don't let the door hit you on the way yeah, out kind stop. of a thing. You, you bring up a good point on the offense. Okay, so I feel like when you don't have a specific player that brings an ample amount of skill to the roster or to your team, you create a system – that makes it the best way to get to make the the most of what you do have, and then all of a sudden you get a player who is recognized, and maybe there's a little bit of pressure from the organization to make sure that he's the main guy, not just a guy. So you change the system a little bit, and now you're not getting the best out of everybody anymore. So I I mean it just shows in our our three pointers, right? We were we were top dog three pointers, right? We were number one had number one record in the league and yeah. so on and so forth. And things have just spiraled downhill. So, yeah, maybe Coach just has a stop-loss set, and he's ready to go. Um, it's funny you mentioned the blender offense a little bit. Um, I was watching the Warriors game, game five last night, and um, Steve Kerr, late in the game, it closed up on him during a free throw, and he's yelling, Steph, Steph, trying to get his attention, and says, gets his attention and says, move the ball. Move the ball. We got to start moving the ball if we're gonna if we're gonna do well. This is right in the middle of the Celtics run, so that that that's definitely a thing that has proven to work. That's what the Warriors have thrived off for years now is is ball movement, getting their shooters open off the ball and not just isolation. So, yeah, it, it it's worked and we've gone away from it. Well, I think that 
that comes to culture too. When you have a culture that's built around Steph Curry, who has uh, excelled and made a career out of constant movement and being a guy who's moving without the ball, uh, getting each of his players open looks. I, I think that, that that move the ball Steph is possible because of who Steph Curry is and his selflessness in playing basketball. And I think that's something that I don't think we've seen a lot of with the Jazz. It's, I mean, how many times did we see the your turn, my turn, dribble, 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 step back, three? You're not seeing the Warriors doing that, and that's because you're not seeing Steph Curry doing that mm, very often, right? Like, Steph, Steph's going to Steph, but at the same time, I think that he has made a career from being an unselfish ball move. Uh, right. Yeah. Culture's important. So what kind of coach are we going to have in Utah that's going to bring the culture that we need to move forward, to be better than we were. So, Andrew, you weren't involved with this, um, but Tyson and I challenged each other. We each need to bring to the table. We'll give you, like, a minute to just figure this out on your own. Bring to the table one realistic coach that's kind of on the Jazz's list, and then one coach that stretches the ideas of realism a little bit, or, in Tyson's case, maybe a lot of it. Um, so, so, Quinn's out. It's, it's known now. It's done. Who you bring in, Tyson? The, the Jazz have a list of about 15 coaches that they've been interviewing it's very um extensive interview process yes. so give me give me your guy that's on that list that that you could see benefiting utah i mean i'm going to run through some of these names first Let's do it. is that okay Let's do it. some of the names that i've heard thrown around jerome allen jason terry Darius, terry stotts frank Vogue, alec jensen johnny bryant lamar skeeter skeeter would be fun love that to name. say uh kevin young charles lee Adrian Griffin, Will Hardy, Joe Mazula, Chris okay. Quinn, and Sean Sweeney. And if you're just tuning back in after that list and you just like <laughs> skipped ahead the 10 seconds, I don't even know of a lot of those guys. Uh, yeah. Okay. So am I doing my realistic one? or It's up to you. Okay. Throw, us, throw us a ball. Let me care. start with if, if I was Ryan, who I would pick. I mean, we need to work on our offense, so I wonder if Putin would be a good option because <laughs> he's all offense, you know what I mean? I just don't know how the legalities in that would be involved. So I'm going to go with Joe Ingles. I think Joe Ingles should come back <laughs> as the Utah okay. Jazz basketball. Obviously, he brought a great bromance to the locker room. We never had any strifes. And you remember, he was the huddle-up player, right? He would huddle up the players right in the middle of the court and just talk. I don't know. Maybe he's talking about what they're having for dinner later. I assume it's about basketball. I don't care what he's so, talking about. I love it. I know. So I'd, he would be a great leader for the Jazz, and I think people would like him. Okay. So that's obviously your realistic co Oh, no. No. <laughs> okay. No. But it would be dope, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Who's your... Who's your uh, My far-fetched one? Far-fetched one. Um, I've actually already mentioned him. I think Steve Kerr would be awesome. He seems like such a player's coach. He's always got his arm around somebody. He's always smiling at the team. He's always right, like right. building them up rather than kind of the old school typical coach like of of getting after his players. And he, and it seems like he's always got their back. If something's going down on the court, he's the first one to to get a technical. Well, maybe besides Draymond, but like he's always got their back. And he seems like if he was the coach of the Jazz. I could see a number of players saying, I want to go play for Steve. I'd play for Steve Kerr. Oh, for sure. Everybody knows cool. that he's, he's, a, he's a nice guy. He must have read a good parenting book at some point in his life. <laughs> so he's, uh, my, he's my off the books, far out there. So, I mean, we've, we've given Andrew at least 45 seconds at this point, so he should be wrapped up for his, his coach option. 
uh, <laughs> uh, I, you know, if you're going to go the college route, let's just go all in and go, Nick Saban, what's he oh, doing? Oh, man. Right? He's not he's on the you list, what he can do okay. in the South. He's uh, taking the Crimson Tide to how many championships? Let's just get a winning culture in here. Am I right? <laughs> like, roll tide. I mean, why not? I, I mean, like we, we already branched out out of the country. We might as well go outside of the, the game of basketball to find somebody. Absolutely. That's strange. I haven't let any Americans possibly be the coach. That's yeah. The, okay. Moving can, on. <laughs> can I jump in with just two thoughts on unrealistic coaches before yes. I turn it back over to the professionals? So I, um, a, a long time ago, uh, was working for the Utah Jazz as a broadcast assistant. And so I helped produce the pre, post, and half game or halftime shows. And so as part of that, uh, I, I was, uh, you know, often in the court and around players, around coaches and things like that. And you didn't lead with that uh, earlier? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess uh, in qualifications, yes. jazz fan, uh, lives in Richfield, also oh worked intern. Oh also was in broadcasting with the shark. jazz. He's a shark. He's a shark. Go by on. The, by the way, this is the best Utah jazz-related production you've been involved in, right? Uh, without question. <laughs> we, we feel the same. Um, Your no, check is in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say that um, Johnny Bryan and Alex Jensen were both very impressive even six years ago, six or seven years ago. Johnny Bryan obviously has made his bones being a shooting coach for players like Donovan and Gordon Hayward before him. And it, look, I, I don't know that the next coach needs to be a player's coach necessarily, but Johnny Bryan is somebody who has a history of doing that, developing relationships and getting the most out of players, at least out of their shot, like helping them fix their shots. And Alex Jensen, I, I will say it was shocking when I was there. I, I can't believe that he's not a head coach right now, to, to be honest. Now, with I have very limited, I mean, it was only one season, um, and, and you know, I, I, I don't have any other inside tracks other than looking at him and being around him those years ago. It was like, this guy is head coach material. He's just a big, gregarious guy very close with the players you know what I mean and, and had a very um commanding you know vibe about him I guess I would say and so I I think that I think that both of either of them would be long shots and might not be flashy picks but could end up being uh, like good right like if we're talking about we need to figure out how to get in with the players you know whoever the coach is is going to have to cater to Donovan Mitchell which it, you can go one way or the other is that a good thing is that a bad thing it is it is a thing that has to happen whatever whoever True. the coach is whoever the coach is going to have to cater someone to donovan and i think both of those probably especially johnny bryant would be able to do that whether that's the best option who knows but i think i think both those are good guys so andrew with that being said tyson you can speak up too but um them not having head coach in the past does that in, would in, that in be a NBA, worry in the nba in the nba or or in any situation as far as my knowledge goes um they're both young guys um but with no head coach experience in the nba i, I am at the point where i want to stay away from that I, I kind of feel like i would like somebody established we've done that a few times now bring in first time coaches um it, it seemed it worked really well with quinn not so well with with the previous with ty corbin so i don't know does that concern you being a being a non first time or being a first time head coach bringing one of those guys in? Yeah, I, I, yeah, definitely it does. Like I, there is no substitute for true and real experience. I think the advantage that both of these guys have is they've had excellent excellent tutors in Quinn Snyder. You know, uh, Johnny Bryant's been out in 
Brooklyn? New York. New York. New York. New York. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's you know, New York, who has been a laughing stock for years, is turning it around, right? Like, they are improving for New York status. And so, well, I think your point is well taken. Like, do we want to have a first-time coach come in here? I think the, the downside is you're missing out on a lot of experience that this team could definitely benefit from. I think the other thing, though, is you are – coming in with maybe a less set in your ways. Like, I love Terry Stotts. Hopefully, we're going to get to Terry Stotts here. I don't know if that's one of the guys that you guys like. But the advantage of having a guy who's not a first-time coach, he's perhaps a little more malleable, ready to, like, integrate with the players rather than being like, no, 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 we're going to run it this way. This is the way we're going to do it. This is how I used to do it, and it worked kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, we've already seen what happens with a coach that doesn't adapt his system, right? So I think that, like – we have to be able to have somebody who's going to work with the players, but with the association and what we want to do. Uh, Ainge was interviewed, and he made it very clear that he wants somebody who is willing to be adaptable to the game. And, 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 not, and, and, it, and their system has to be a part of that. So, yeah, Terry Stotts, I mean, amazing resume. I, there's no doubt about it. But I think if he's going anywhere, I think he's going to the Lakers. That's... That's the rumblings I'm hearing. Now, have you talked to LeBron about that? Is that <laughs> Did they uh, not get along? I, know, I, I don't know. I'm just saying it, it, will be, it will be whoever LeBron wants it to be. That's my Yeah. Well, okay. if we're on that subject, Stotts was kind of my realistic coach that okay. I would like to come. Tell us why. I kind of have a soft spot for these longer tenured coaches. He was with Portland for maybe a decade or so. It was a long time. Yeah. The Rick Carlisle's of the league, the Spolstra's, the, the Quinn Snyder's now. You know, I'm, I kind of like those guys. Obviously, Popovich. Yeah. So... I, I think he was he's been around the league long enough and everybody knows his name that I would like to think that players would would seek out to play for him. Well certainly and, and I and I those Portland teams were, were a lot of fun and they overachieved in my mind as far as what they what they had on paper on their team and where they went in the playoffs for those couple two or three years in a row they were top four seed or so right in the in the West. So he's my he's my guy. Did, would he would he make Utah more appealing to players? I think he could. Right. Yeah, I think he's he's has the name. He's got the the resume to say, yeah, that he he did well at Portland, and he he was real well liked by the players. He was there for forever. Well, I'd go play for him. You know. Yeah, I I, I, th- I definitely think the appeal of a coach is a, a need for Utah right now. I mean, we've gone from having an old queen as the owner, you know, like all hell the queen, and and then we've got an, an old superstar, and we've got in a a rich technolog- technological cool guy, and now we've got Danny Ainge, and now what about our coach? You know, what, do we, what can we do to make Utah look better yeah. to good players? If we can keep Donovan Mitchell, that's definitely going to be a magnet for, for, for skill. Um, but the coach has to be a big part of that. Yeah. So is that your, your number one? That's mine. That's mine. That's wow. my pick. Wow, Terry Stotts. What about playoff resume with Terry Stotts? Overachieved, but I'm – Correct me here. For no finals appearance. Finals no, no. Right? He, he made the conference finals one year with that Lillard-McCollum combo. I think, um, and then, honestly, since Nurkic was hurt so much, he was kind of like their big, their big rebounder, glue guy, and he got hurt the last couple of years that Stotts was there, and that, that hurt him. They went from a three seed, I think, the next year being a low seed and then out of the playoffs, and so – you're right. I don't. He's never been to the finals. I think he had conference finals one year. So, so maybe that is a concern. I love the pick, though. I I think that in realistic world, best case scenario, 
Terry Stotts would be great. He's worked with Damian Lillard before. That's a pretty good comp to Donovan Mitchell, just like you said. Great success, and I think he's well-respected in the league. I, I, think, I think we would be lucky to get Terry Stotts. Terry Stotts does have a green check on my list. So Done. He, he's one of the <laughs> How many checks do you have on your list, by the way? One, two, three, four. Okay, so there's, there's a few. One of them has an X as well. But, I mean, what's, uh, what is the likelihood that a Johnny Bryan or uh, Jensen move up? Is that, is, that, is that common in the NBA where they just they take somebody who's been in the background and they move them up to that lead position? I see it being common when a, when a coach gets fired midseason. And they obviously have to have an interim okay. head coach. And a lot of times they rehire those guys after the season as the head if they do well. So I yeah. do see it there. Yeah. And like you said, I've heard Alex Jensen's head coach is, is inevitable, you know. So well, Danny Ainge was asked, well, are you going to meet the deadline to get a coach? And he was like, well, we have Alex in the meantime, and he is running the show. He didn't seem phased or worried at all. He seemed to have a lot of confidence in, in Alex Jensen. So that, that's a thing. Okay. Who, who's your pick? Okay. You got four check marks on there. You got to give us one. Is it bad if I don't know how to say his name properly? Not at all. We'll, okay, we'll butcher it together. Good. I went to a 2A high school. So um, <laughs> sh- mine is Sean Sweeney. Okay. Is it how you say it? Yeah. What are you thinking, Sweeney? Yeah. Sweeney? Sweeney. It's got to be. He's young. Tell, tell us who he is first because I didn't know the name. I looked him up the picture. And I instantly knew him from okay. recent memory. So is, go on. Who's he with now? Is he with uh, He's He's the Dallas. He's the, he's oh, with yeah. Dallas. He's, he's on the bench with Dallas. So if you watch any footage of him during games, I mean, he, is, he doesn't look like an assistant coach. He is off. He's, very, he's off the bench. He's very passionate and involved. He's not one of the coaches on a clipboard standing behind the circle. He is grabbing players as they check off, substitute in and out giving him insight. I just like how aggressive he is as a coach. And we had a bit of that with Quinn, and I think it'll be like a what's missing if we don't have another coach that's as aggressive as Quinn was on the court. And so we're going to be, anytime we have a loss, we're going to be putting all that pressure on the coach, like get more involved. This guy, he's going to say, nah, I did everything I could, and that's what I want out of a coach. That's why I like him, and he's good looking. <laughs> and... <laughs> He's just clean cut. I don't know. There's a lot of good things to like about him. I'll tell guy. you, my wife is way upset that we got rid of, or Quinn's gone now, because that's the only reason she watched Jazz games. It's true. It's big Quinn crush. I, I'm not yeah. kidding, Andrew. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a, a thing. It's a serious it's thing. It's a thing. He's a handsome fellow. I'll like walk that. in a room, like go to the bathroom during a game, and I'll walk in, and the screen's paused on Quinn. <laughs> I'm like, in his skinny pants. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, no, no other coach wears pants as skinny as Quinn, so oh. he owns that. Something we're looking for in the next coach. Yes. Uh, right. For sure, for sure. Um, with, with Sweeney in mind, I, I think he was in charge of the bench in Dallas, to be honest. Okay. Because those few guys on the bench in Dallas mimicked him exactly. They were on the floor half the time. They were getting technicals for being too involved on the court. And then especially in the Utah series with Dallas, you looked at our bench. You and I went to a game, looked at our bench, and it was – seated even when we were on a run they were they, they'd get up a clap they weren't even they they weren't the dallas mavericks bench who were honestly quite annoying because they were so involved you and pointed this out a few episodes ago. yeah and it was it was frustrating to watch them and how excited they were and most of the guys were in street clothes they weren't even playing and then look at our bench and how sluggish it was so yeah i think he, that's what he was in charge of and i think that's what appeals to me and, yeah. I, and I don't know his ability to connect with players 
or the system that he likes to run. But he's dealt with a team that had to work around a superstar in Donkic. And I just like his energy. I just yeah. think he'd be a good coach. Why not? Yeah. They're interviewing him for a reason. So, yeah. Andrew, you're on the, the ticket. So, here's the thing about Sean Sweeney. He has red hair. <laughs> Fiery, baby. That is all I've got. That fuels <laughs> that. that <laughs> doesn't that fuel that energy? I have a nephew. He's two, almost two now. He has red hair, and and he's he'd be swinging from the rafters right now. He is insane. I am I am happily married to a redhead, and um, can attest to the energy there. <laughs> and so, look, you know, bring on the ginger. That's what I say. Like uh, you, if he was in charge of the Mavericks bench, I too noticed the the excitement over there and the buy-in from the team. And again, what we're, we're, I think in my opinion, we're looking for somebody who can work with a superstar who has a big uh, personality, and that's certainly Luca, right? Like, he checks all those boxes. Yes. So, look, I, I, it's, it's kind of like the same thing. Like, when, when Quinn came around, it was like, the, I, I knew very little about him and, you know, did some Googling, and that obviously came back checkered. And so, look, I, I, I'm, I'm sure. Give it to the ginger. <laughs> You're in. <laughs> it would be a first for Utah, right? We've had four coach. We've had like four coaches in our history, so that's pretty impressive. Jerry Sloan was one of the longest running, right? Yeah, of like all time. Yeah, it's incredible. Ty Corbin didn't last long. No, he didn't. I wonder what the. Then you had Frank Layden, who was here a long time as well before Sloan. Right. Yeah. So pretty, pretty exciting. It's 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 a big deal for you. At the end of the day, do you trust Danny Ainge and Ryan Smith to make the right call? That's what it comes down to. I trust Danny Ainge to swing for the fences. I, I think whatever it is, it's not going to be a conservative pick. It's not going to be like a, a safe, like, hey, this is a guy. He's going to come in. We're re- you, know, you can plan on 60 wins this season, 55 wins. You're going to have a really good season. You're going to make some playoffs. It's going to be like a, here we go. Like, hold on. Like, I, I, think that's, I think that's what Danny did in Boston. I think that he was very willing to push all the chips in. And I, and obviously that worked out well for, for them. Like we see here they them. are in the finals. Exactly. And so hopefully like we're going to get some of that um, flair from Danny this time too. Dude, he's, he's all business. I mean, you just listen to him talk and it's like, gosh, dang, this guy knows how to run a company. So we've been doing this podcast for three seasons now. And how many times come the trade deadline or free agency signing are we saying, ah, nothing's really coming. We know the Jazz. They're just going to maybe pick up a guy or two, but it's not going to change our focus on that. That's this is what we've been missing is well, this Danny Ainge a little bit on the crazy call side and getting big names or big pieces and, and going all in. That's, I, love, I love his, his signing. and I can't wait to see what he does because he hasn't had enough time to do anything yet. But it's, it's going to happen. What's you, great about him is he has the clout to do it. You know what I mean? Um, he has the ability to get those big names. Like Maybe Dennis Lindsay was excellent at what he did, but he may not have had the clout to get the names that Danny Ainge can get on yeah, the, on exactly. the team. Yeah, exactly. In a jazz jersey. Oh, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be exciting. See what happens. I'm wondering when it's going to happen, but when it does, you'll hear from us, right? Are yeah, we committed th- to that? I think mid-July is something supposed to happen mid-July. Can the we draft let, is mid-July. Let's, let's, let's finish with the playoffs. Playoffs. No, with the finals, with the championship yeah. right now. Yeah. Steph Curry misses every single shot in game five. And as he walks off the court with two minutes left, he holds up his hand saying, number one. 
And I got to say, that's the mindset of a champion because his team is winning. He has not hit a single three-pointer all game, but he knows they're going to win the game at that point. At that point, he knew, and he was getting, he was getting sent to the bench. But, man, I, we need that mindset on our team. I was so impressed with that because that's a frustrating game for an all-star like that. Real quick, game six prediction before we go to a close. What do you got? It's in Boston against Golden State game six. Boston's down. It's win or go home for them. I haven't checked the betting odds, but Boston's going to win it. It's it's Warriors in seven back in California. Coach is going to throw game six so they can go back and make another $50 million in ticket sales, jerseys, and popcorn. <laughs> it's all a business at the end of the day, right? It is, my friend. Everybody loves winning on their home court. So Yes, and if you're local to Central Utah, check out the biz at Fizz because it is good. Yes, sir. Hey, real quick, before we let you go, um, we'd love to hear your guys' trade ideas. There's a lot of rumors about Rudy and Donovan being traded or one or the other. We want to hear your ideas. We'll go over them on the show in the next episode. So send us your 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 far-fetched trades. We don't care what it is. Let's hear them. So any last words, Tyson? Thank you for Aunt Andrew for joining us. And uh, if you haven't checked out the movie Hustle on Netflix, hit that up. There's somebody on there you might recognize. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Fizz, for hosting us. And we'll see you guys next time.